welcome to Savor, where we delight in God's goodness through discovering His heart. Join hosts Stacy and Suzanne along with special guests as they have honest conversations about how to savor God's Word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. Welcome back to another episode of the Savor Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us today. Today's episode is, Should I Fear God? That's a question maybe you have asked before, or maybe you've read somewhere in the Bible that it says you should fear God. And we're going to take a look at that today. So Suzanne, what do you think? Should I fear God? Well, I think, uh, yeah, but (laughs) not in the way that we typically think of fear. Mm, yeah. So, you know, our last Saver podcast was to read some of Psalm 34 yeah. that talks a little bit about that and what that means. So the answer is yes, but it's probably not what you think. Yeah, that's true. That's good. But before we get into that, come on, can you tell me some, you have a fear? You fear anything? I have a big fear. <sighs> okay, tell us your fear. Oh, I don't even like talking about it. I'm so afraid of it. Um, do you know what it is? Do you know one of my fears? Snakes. No, I've overcome that fear in the name oh, of Jesus. Okay. Yes. Like and, not that basic of a fear? Oh, no, it's basic. Oh, okay. But I, on a side note about that, we'll have to do a whole podcast <laughs> on my relationship with snakes and yeah. what the Lord has taught me because I went in my backyard the other night fully equipped to handle any snake, and I was begging snakes to come in my backyard because I had on my snake book boots, <laughs> and I had my eight-foot stainless steel snake stick with me, and I was like, come on, snake, I'm going to rip your head off. Come on, snake, I am dressed. In the armor of God. So. I wish I, we had that on video, like you out there by yourself doing that. I will. I'll take a video of it because I know the world is waiting to see that. I'm sure they are. Uh, nope, that's not my fear, though. I have a tremendous fear of balloons. Stacy, that's not normal. <laughs> okay, a well, balloon fear? I am terrified of balloons popping. Don't ask me to go get balloons for your kid's birthday party because I am afraid. A balloon fear. Like, I want to Google that and even see if it has a name because (laughs) a balloon fear. Why are you scared of them? Because you never know. Balloons, the other day I was at the grocery store and this woman had about 12 pink and green balloons in her hand outside and a birthday cake in her hand. And she was trying to juggle both of them. And I thought to myself, I need to go help her, but I'm afraid of those balloons. And about the time I went to take a step to help her, one of the balloons just randomly popped for no reason. And then I was like, yep, nope, I'm out. Sorry, lady, you're on your own. I can't help you. I'm afraid. Do you do you watch scary movies? No. Okay. No. Because I don't have a fear of balloons, but I am like, I hate scary movies only because of the popping out. Like when people pop out and scare you. Mm-hmm. So my son does that to me all the time at home because he thinks it's hilarious. But like I will scream explicitives or sometimes <laughs> I pee my pants a little, like not kidding. So I understand that. But there is a thing it's called uh, globophobia. Well, I you have, have globophobia. I have globophobia. You should get therapy for that. I Well, and it cannot be immersion therapy. Kelly, if you're listening, don't talk to me about that. If you guys don't know, Kelly, who has been on the podcast before, who helps us out so much, she does all the show notes for us and everything. She actually works with kids with autism, and she is incredibly gifted and talented and She's like, yeah, there's immersion therapy. You just need to like be immersed in your fear. So Kelly, no, do not fill my office up with balloons because I will not speak to you for a week. You know, that's what they do. Um, My husband, Jeremy, has PTSD 
And when he went through some very extensive therapy at the uh, with the VA through the VA, that's what they do. It's all they call it exposure therapy. Oh, maybe that's what she called so it. So they exposure just therapy. well, both of them make sense. So um, Stacy and I are now resident psychiatrists. So either one will work. Um, but yeah, it's that like putting you in all the situations that you're scared of. So anyway, no. So okay. So what's your what's your fear? Gosh. Other than Drew screaming at you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I feel like I have a lot of fears, but like not like just basic fears, like a balloon thing. Yeah. Like we'll go easy to start a podcast. It has, yeah. I um, <clears throat> have an irrational fear of um, sharks. Ooh, really? Yes. I think I watched too much Jaws as a kid, but honestly, yes. Like I don't enjoy the beach. Because really? of it, mm-hmm. I you know we've not been to the beach much together. I don't go to the beach much. That's sad, Suzanne. I know. Well, I like the creek, and the only baby oh. sharks come in there because it's so little. Really? Where we go? Yeah. Okay, because okay, I was going to say not at my house. No, I have a no, picture. That's not a creek at your house. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I have a picture of um, a kid who caught a shark just like three docks down from yeah. my backyard. It was giant. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. But you wouldn't swim at my backyard. Probably not. Yeah. Or it would be like I jump in right by the dock and then get right back out to cool off. Yeah. There you Mm -hmm. go. Or we could just go to the pool. Yeah. And avoid sharks. So you have found out if you'd like to hang out with Stacey and I, you should take us to the beach with a thing of balloons. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Absolutely. Please, please. That would be so awesome. So, you know, you were talking about uh, at the end of our last podcast, we talked about reading Psalm 34 and kind of pressing in. I think we left you with the question of what does it mean to fear God? And so today we're just going to spend some time looking at that. Should we fear God? Because really, Scripture does tell us to to fear God. And there are several places throughout Scripture. So we're just going to take a look at that. We're going to actually go through Psalm 34, uh, the first 10 verses. We're going to read through it. We're going to talk through it and um, just kind of go from there. Okay. You want me to read it or do you want to read it? Yeah, I'll let you read it. Okay. There you go. I have a fear of reading aloud, too. Stop it. (laughs) Um, Okay. I am reading from the... um, NIV version. So Psalm 34, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. Well, that's great. Yeah. Clearly, a couple of times in there, it says that we're supposed to fear him. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give you guys just a little bit of a background on the psalm, on this particular psalm, just in case um, you don't know where it comes from. A lot of the psalms 
are in context to stories that happen in First and Second Samuel. Uh, a lot of the Psalms were written by David, and this particular Psalm, if you look in your Bible, it may say something, mine says, of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. Um, some of them say that it's when David fiend madness. So basically, if you want to know the context of this when it comes, First um, Samuel 21, there is a section um, in First Samuel 21 where David is on the run from King Saul, and he goes over to this king, and he's talking to him, and the people are saying to the king, oh yeah, you know Saul, he's killed hundreds, and David has killed thousands. And so now the king sees David as a threat, and David recognizes, oh, this king sees me as a threat and he's probably going to try and kill me. So David decided he wanted to present himself not as a threat. So he started drooling and acting like a crazy madman. And the king was like, yeah, so why'd you bring me another madman? And he let David go because he pretended to be crazy. Yeah, that's what mine says. He pretended to be insane. Yes, he did. <laughs> so there you go. If you want more info on that, go look at 1 Samuel 21. But um, so that's kind of when David wrote this psalm. For me, a lot of times it helps put in perspective when I'm reading this that the events that were taking place around the psalm. Mm -hmm. So David's writing this, and I, you know, it kind of comes out when in verse, um, I don't know, hold on, let's see what verse is that. Verse six, um, the poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. That poor man that cried, David's referring to himself there, that he's the one who cried out to the Lord. So Suzanne, let's talk about that because you discovered some things in this psalm when you were studying it that really kind of helped you understand this idea of how to fear the Lord. So the question is, should I fear God? Yes. But now we're moving into how, what does that look like? So what were some things that you discovered, Suzanne? So this was kind of one of the questions even that I had as I began to think about scripture, um, just thinking like, well, what does that mean? I mean, I had that question. Why would I want to serve a God that I fear? That made no no sense to me. Um, but as you, this is where we talked about, you know, kind of looking up what the words mean sometimes, because what it me what it means um, today may not really what it meant then, the way that they translated it, right? Um, so if you read in, like, for instance, Psalm 34, 4, it says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. That word is, and I will butcher the words, um, the Hebrew word, uh, magora, something along those lines. Yes. And that means the, the translation of that word is fear as like we typically think of fear, like terror or dread, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. So something that we actually fear, like we're scared. Um, and then if you look at like in verse 7 and in verse 9, where like verse 9 says, fear the Lord, mm -hmm. like a command, fear the Lord. And um, that is the word hara, something along those lines again. Yeah. Um, and that is more of a reverence, like awe, honor, honor mm -hmm. the Lord. So for me, that's so interesting because while this is translated in English, they've translated those words and they're the same word, but they mean two totally different things. Yeah. And so for that, for me, that was really enlightening because I'm like, oh, it's not really fear the Lord. Like I think fear the Lord. 
Um, I always love to, uh, when we have done mentorship and things like that, and we're explaining what that means, I always think about my example of when I took my teenage daughter. She's no longer a teenager, but when I took her to the Justin Bieber concert. Remember, have I told you that before? It's like that idea, like, I mean, she was like trembling when Justin Bieber came out. And like, you know, it was just like she could barely contain herself with like crying. And, um, you know, we've all seen people doing that like at concerts, right? Who are just, and so it's that kind of fear to me, like that just in so much honor and reverence. And you're just like in awe. Yes. Right? So that's what that word kind of means to me when I think about fear in the Lord now. Yeah. I love that analogy because I can visualize Tyler Mm -hmm. as a teenage girl with just this like shaking and just wide eyes and teary. She still might do that today if she saw Justin Bieber, but hey, yeah. yeah. But I also think about it too. um, When I've heard people talk about, I just went through take it or leave it, but I just went through my concealed weapons permit training. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'll ever carry one. That's a whole side (laughs) note, but I just went through it. And one of the things the instructor was saying is to have a respect for firearms, to be able to fear them, but with a respect and an honor and an understanding of the power that a Mm. firearm has. And so when I think about fear the Lord. It is this idea of respect and honor and revere the greatness of God. Not that I am afraid of God because he's going to point his finger at me and shoot me with a bolt of lightning, because that's honestly how I used to think about it. But now it's more of this idea of an absolute utter awe or respect for his sovereignty. And that's just a big fancy theological word that means that he's all powerful and knows all things and has all power and authority. And to recognize that it actually causes me to worship. It's one Mm -hmm. of the things, and we'll get into maybe that, but it, it actually causes me when I fear the Lord, one of the ways that that comes out is in worshiping God. So in this this reverence for the power and authority of God, I tend to bow my knee and worship. To yeah. Him. And so that ties into like, you know, you said, um, cause you'll see, and I think what I was talking about with Tyler too, is in the scriptures, you will see where it says tremble with fear. Yes. And that's the same kind of idea, um, for Tyler's response. Yes. To something that she was in awe of. Right. Yeah. So like a worshipful response. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But we're not saying that you should worship Justin Bieber. No, absolutely not. Please don't worship Justin Bieber. (laughs) Yeah. But I think he's doing pretty well now. I don't know. I mean, he worships Jesus. I love to watch his posts on Instagram. He's always uh, dropping some good wisdom on there. But um, yes, don't worship Justin Bieber or any man. Right. That's right. No matter how good he is and no matter how godly he is, he will fall short. But that's a whole nother podcast for another day. But maybe we should um, tag Justin Bieber in this podcast when we... Oh, I'm sure he'll be dying to listen to it. You just never know, okay? (laughs) You never know, Stacey. (laughs) So yeah, I think that's really interesting. So that one you were talking about um, in verse nine there, you know, how what it means to, to fear the Lord. I like how it gives you a command. You kind of mentioned that in mm-hmm. verse nine, it says, fear the Lord, you, his saints. And then, um, under that it's a promise. There's a command and a promise in mm-hmm. that one verse. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Sometimes we talk about the commands of the Lord and we don't understand that there are a lot of times promises attached to those, but we see this one here and cause he's telling us to fear. And then he says, for those who fear him have no lack. 
And I just think that's beautiful to think about that when we rightly think about God and understand, um, I love this, Suzanne, you'd say this all the time. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Mm -hmm. our provider. And when we rightly understand and respect and revere the fact that he provides everything I need, um, there's a, there's a blessing from that, that when we have this awe and this worshipful understanding of who he is, then we have no lack. And it goes on in verse 10 to say, uh, my version says the young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Um, And in that, I put a note in my Bible. I like to write in my Bible. And one of the things that I wrote next to it was help me seek instead of wanting, because Mm. I think a lot of times that's good. Yeah, for me, a lot of times there's this want that I have. Like, I want that new car. I mean, I do. I want lots of things. I know. (laughs) I do, too. And so help me seek. And the word seek in this, um, I don't know what the Hebrew word actually says, but I wrote the definition. uh, And it means uh, read repeatedly and to study. So those who are repeatedly reading and studying God's word, they're seeking. And so when I'm doing that, then it eliminates some of the wants in my lives, because some of the things that I want are probably not really good for me. Um, And he doesn't say that I'm not going to want. He says, I'm going to lack no good thing. And he is going to provide that when I seek him. I love that. And um, we didn't talk about this before, but I think that... um, I have talked about this before, and this is where it's going to get a little dicey because maybe I already talked about it on the podcast, but I can't remember where I talked about it. That's okay. So if you guys are listening to this and we keep repeating ourselves, please just comment and say, hey, you've already said that, you know, when you listen. And then we won't care because it'll already be over. But um, in verse 14, which is interesting that you said your version says want, does it say want peace in that verse? It says, mine says, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Mine says, seek peace and pursue it. So when I looked that up, um, it also, that word seek can also translate, this is what I wrote in my Bible, so I hope I wrote it right, um, can also translate as desire. Ooh, so that's yeah. interesting because it's like, if you take that back and kind of look at that, are we desiring the Lord or what are we design, desiring? Yeah. yeah. And then that's how we go to the promise where he says, seek first the kingdom of God and he'll grant you the desires of your mm-hmm. heart. Because when you're seeking God's kingdom over my kingdom, my comfort, my needs, my wants, um, and I'm seeking the kingdom of God, then he will grant me the desires of my heart. So that's a tough verse too. I think that that's a verse a lot of people, um, I know I have before, I mean, way back in the day, um, you know, my daughter is 24. So when she was, um, a young child, (laughs) I'm trying to think how old she was. She was probably in elementary school, like first or second grade. I had this desire, like this deep, deep desire to be a stay at home mom. And I could never understand because I would pray for that. Um, this is before I really even read scripture, but yet I knew that that particular passage, right? Yeah, Everybody knows that. I mean, we live in the Bible Belt, and so if you're not listening to this in the Bible Belt, then it may not be culturally right, um, that's relevant. True. But for us that, that live here in the South, I mean, everybody knows that verse. That verse that's, you know, seek God and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, I couldn't understand why 
that wasn't happening. Mm. Um, and it wasn't even like I wanted something bad or not good for me. Like I wasn't like trying to get meth or, right. you know, something like that. <laughs> it was like, I want, because you desire meth all the time. <laughs> Sometimes. No, I'm kidding. Um, I have a very addictive personality. I probably could never do any drugs or I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the worst I've seen you do is caffeine. Yeah. Yes. And see, I'm addicted to that. I am um, too. So just that whole idea of, I love that you said that, especially in light of what we're talking about and how, what scripture means. And today we're specifically looking at words and what words can mean and things like that. But even understanding that that verse in and of itself doesn't mean that whatever you want, God's going to give it to you because you love God. That's right. It's exactly what you said. The more you seek the things of God, the more you desire the things of God. Yes. So, um, and then, you know, he revealed later to me what that was all about, but yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And once he begins doing that, you know, I think again, going back to fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear him have no lack. I think in us, when we do begin to seek God and seek God for who God is, not what God can give us, it produces in us this desire to worship him and to surrender to him. Mm -hmm. And really that's, you know, um, that's the thing earlier in the verse, he talks about, I sought the Lord. He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. That fear is the different kind of fear. That's the one we typically think of when we think of the word fear terror. Right, yeah. exactly. He's delivered me from those terrors, those anxieties, those fears. And so if you're a person who deals with a lot of anxiety and you're afraid of failing, you're afraid of letting people down, if you begin seeking the Lord, reading his word, studying his word repeatedly, then you will begin seeing the heart of God and it will help eliminate some of those fears. And his word tells us he will deliver us from those fears. And I just wrote in my Bible, um, May 1st, 2019. Thank you for deliverance of fears because there's so many things that I have been fearful of. And really for me, when I am fearful of something, it's the what ifs that usually get me. Those are the kinds mm. of things that I'm afraid of. If I keep looking in my Bible, um, one of the things I was afraid about was Chris's job situation. Chris is my husband. And um, a couple of years ago, he was switching jobs. And I remember being very fearful that we were going to have to leave Charleston. You remember us I talking do. about I that? I was also very fearful that you would have to leave Charleston. <laughs> but praise God, we did not. Um, but it was one of those fears. And I had to keep coming back to God's word and saying, but I will, I know if I trust God in this, if I surrender this fear to God, that um, I will lack nothing. And so if I have to leave Charleston, that's not the end of the world. God will provide for me. I didn't know how or what that would look like, but uh, being able to have the reverence and the awe fear of God is what actually eliminates the terror, fear mm -hmm. from God. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I wanted to point out too, really quickly, if you don't do this um, and you're just starting to read scripture and get in your Bible, Stacy mentioned something there that I learned from Stacy when I um, started getting more into scripture is that she has a note in her Bible with a date and something that she wrote there. And I started doing that. And I, I would encourage everybody to do that. Some people like to do it more in their journals, but I was just telling Stacy yesterday, I'm starting to write more in my Bible, even my notes, because I can't find the journals when I want to see Amen what I wrote. That. I have like I mean, 27 I have like, journals. Right. And I never know where the right one is. So, um, 
But you can see, you can go back and you can see how God has brought you through something or like she said, delivered you from a certain fear you had with, by knowing the date. Today I was flipping through this and I actually found something written down from 2018, I think it said, where I was praying for Stacy for something specific. And it, yeah. it's just a sweet encouragement um, to your faith uh, because you can see how God walked you through something and you prayed the scripture or whatever it was, got you brought you comfort, things like that. So that's my tip for the day is to write dates down um, with notes in your Bible. Um, yeah, I love that. I think that is uh, a big thing too for me. And uh, sometimes though, I look back and I'm like, what was I talking about? And then oh, I yeah, just I've put a that. question mark next yeah. to it. And I'm like, well, he'll, he'll bring that to me. You know, I was just kind of glancing back at this too. And um looking not just at um, Psalm 34, but if you go over to Psalm 33 and you look in verse 18, I love this because it's also talking about fearing the Lord. And it says, behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him and on those who hope in his steadfast love. And I just think that's beautiful that Mm -hmm. to think about how the eye of the Lord, the intentionality of that, you know what I mean? Because when you're talking to someone, have you ever been in a situation where you're talking to someone in a room and there's other things going on and you're talking, but they're not giving you their eye, their Mm -hmm. eye contact. They're kind of looking over your shoulder. They're looking at something else. But how do you feel when we're talking and I give you eye contact and you're speaking and my eye is on you and I'm listening to you? And I just think that's a beautiful picture when it says, behold, which that's a whole nother word we could do another podcast Mm -hmm. on. But the idea of the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, that he is intentionally with intent looking at us when we have this reverence of who he is and that he's there with us and that we can put our hope in his steadfast love. And I think that in and of itself, the reverence that is that we have towards God, that fear, quote unquote, that right. reverence, that awe of him is actually what counteracts the terror in us yeah. and that we can put our hope in the fact that he's steadfast. And if you don't believe that he's steadfast, if you haven't experienced God's steadfastness in your life yet, maybe you're new in this journey with God. Maybe you've been struggling in this journey with God. If you you know, haven't gotten to a point where you've surrendered. I would say that's probably one of the first steps in beginning to have this reverence for God would be an act of surrender. Surrender your will. I, I, my husband and I were talking about this idea of surrendering your will. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of fearing the Lord is trusting Him. And we talked about it this morning, actually. And I said, you know, to surrender for a lot of people feels like you're standing at the edge of a cliff and that you can't see the bottom and you're jumping into this black, deep abyss. But God gave me a picture yesterday of, no, you're not, you're standing at the edge of a cliff and you don't see the bottom, but the reality is the hand of God is right there Mm. to catch you. And you're stepping into the hand of God that is going to hold you and keep you. And so if you're in that place and you haven't experienced the steadfastness of God yet, I want to encourage you, take that step in surrender. And you say, what does that look like? What would that, if I said, okay, Suzanne, did you surrender to God today? Like, what would that practically look like for you? Well, I think even before that question, um, thinking about how do you get to that place where you do trust God? Mm. And I think that if you're not in that place right now, there's no shame in that. Like, everybody has to start 
with, you know, with that. I mean, yeah. and so I think that that's why it's the hope of this podcast is like, you know, we're savoring the goodness of God by discovering the heart of God. Yeah. And so I think you have to kind of learn who God is. If you're feeling that um, tension of surrender because mm-hmm. you're unsure and you're uncertain, that makes total sense. And, and there's freedom in that place. And that that's just a jumping point for you to learn who God is. Yeah. What are the characteristics of God? What does scripture say who God is, like his character? Um, and so I think that's kind of the first place. Um, and then once you get more comfortable, I mean, I even think through that process, you're going to you're going to taste and see that the Lord is good because yeah. He will meet you in those places. Um, but just on a daily basis, I mean, surrender is like, I mean, I can give you an example for me. I mean, I was super angry last night, super angry about a situation. I was, you know, wanted to have a conversation with somebody that basically was just rooted in anger and all of these things. And I had to kind of surrender that to God and say, okay, and actually scripture tells me it's out of what you'll know it out of the reverence to God. I submit to others or something like that. So that's somewhere in the new Testament. Yeah, it is in the new some. Yeah. Anyway, in that idea is that even when I don't when I want to like face punch somebody that <laughs> y'all, she was so mad at me last night. You should have seen it. It was bad. I was, no, mad I'm just at kidding. You? I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm just um, so I have to surrender that out of my reverence for God mm. because I'm in awe of who he is and what he's done for me. So I'm submitting th- those, those desires that are rooted in anger and not truth, that yeah. are rooted in feelings and yeah. not truth, that are not rooted in who God says I am. Yeah. And so sometimes it's just surrendering my will, like you said. Yeah. You know, I willed anger. I willed, I want to do whatever. And I have to lay that down and say no. Um, so for me, surrender looks different every day. It depends on what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Um, but I think in a more general sense, surrender is just being willing yeah. To be guided by God. Absolutely. That's so good. I think that's such a good point. And I do think it looks different um, depending on the situation in the day. For me, one of the things that I do is daily I get up and I say, today I surrender my thoughts, I surrender mm. my temperament, and I surrender my tongue to you. I think that was probably something. Hold on, let me write that down. <laughs> my tongue, I know that needs to happen. My temperament. And my thoughts. And my thoughts. Oh, yeah. yeah, that pretty much would cover it. Yeah, I think that um, that was an Andrew Murray. If you guys don't know who he is, he's an old dead guy who wrote <laughs> stuff like a long time ago. That's teach me to pray. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. In the school. Of well, humility. we did that in mentorship. Yeah. yeah. And y'all I didn't all really read it, it all. Nah, everybody. There's a few it. people that really loved it. Yeah. If you're out there, give us a shout out. Sarah, you know, you're, Shana. <laughs> you're an Andrew Murray fan. That's right. Um, but that idea of just saying that now, does that mean that I go through my entire day and I don't have thoughts that oppose um, Christ? No, I do have those. But in the mornings I've said, I surrender my temperament, the way I naturally interact with people. I surrender that to God. I surrender the thoughts that are in my head and the words on my tongue. And so, yes, sometimes I'm not going to do it right. A lot of times I'm not going to do it right. But just that act of saying that in the mornings for me helps me because then later in the day when my personality is just real aggressive, I realize, oh no, I don't have to give in to that because there is a greater power within me, the Holy Spirit, that was 
put in me through God in that moment of salvation. And so that's what I yield to. And it doesn't always work. It's not always pretty. And that's where grace comes in. And I am thankful for his mercy (laughs) and forgiveness. Yeah. So that, that is one of those ways of surrendering is not wanting to always do it my way and thinking that my way is the best way, but, uh, looking to God and to trust that God is going to provide a way, even when I don't see a way. And that goes back to the verse, you know, which is our theme verse for savor, that idea of taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So David wrote that. And what I think is so beautiful that he's saying, taste and see that the Lord is good. And um, he blesses those who take refuge in him. So Right before David wrote this, David, again, was on the run because Saul was trying to kill him. So this was at the point in David's life where he had already been anointed and been told that he was going to become king. But if you know David's story, there's a gap of years between the time he was anointed and told he was going to become king before he actually took over as king. And in those years, a lot of times he was on the run because Saul was ready to kill him. And so this is one of those times. And what David did when he... Uh, went on the run this time is he immediately went to the priest for provisions. And I just think that's a beautiful thing to think about that he ran to the priest and he was like, hey, you got something to eat? Me and my men need something to eat. And he was like, all I have is the bread of the presence, which was this holy, warm, hot bread. I mean, Mm. y'all, come on. We're talking about savor. And literally, they would have fresh, hot bread called it's bread like of the presence. Favorite food. I mean. Hot, fresh bread. I can smell it right now. We have a friend, actually. Um, so our friend Laurel, her husband's been making sourdough bread. And she said a few weeks ago, he woke her up in the middle of the night with hot, buttered bread. I'm like, <laughs> he is my hero. Who would not want a husband to wake you up in the middle if, of the night? If my husband listens to this, that is the thing you can wake me up with. The bread. Hot, Only the bread. That's right. <laughs> the hot buttered bread. Hot buttered bread would be so delicious. But just that idea that, so the priest was like, yeah, I got this bread of the presence and you have to be consecrated and set apart to eat it. And Dave was like, yeah, no, we're, we're going to eat that bread. That's a provision that the Lord made. And then he ended up with the sword because the only sword the priest had was the sword of Goliath that he had used to cut Goliath's head off. But I just love, so I know and I believe that when Dave David wrote that and said, taste and see that the Lord is good. David was thinking about that hot bread, Mm. the provision of the priest. And for us today, we have a great high priest, the author of Hebrew tells us, who can empathize with us in every way. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he has invited us to the table to taste and see that he is good. Yes. Is your marriage struggling right now? Are you concerned about your teenager? Are you worried about your finances? Are you sure about your health right now, those things you may be facing, but the reality is we serve a good God and we can have an awe-inspiring understanding of who he is and his faithfulness. And he's inviting us to taste the goodness of God through trusting him, through surrender, even though that doesn't feel real natural because fears, I mean, fears make us do crazy things. Mm. So one of another fear of mine, we're getting a little more serious right now, is uh, loss of control. Did you know Mm. that about me? (laughs) That's something God's been working on me with, Stacey. (laughs) Controlling myself. Yes. I don't know why I talk like that just now, but 
Because it's fun. I'm controlling my voice. <laughs> I know because mine was so loud a few minutes ago. But one of the things I, I don't want to necessarily control myself, I want to control you and mm-hmm. I want to control everyone around me. And so my husband can say things to me that no one else can say to me. And probably about a year ago, we were just not in a good spot. You know, it was a mm-hmm. little. Yeah, a little um, crusty. You yeah, know what I'm crusty. saying? Yeah, it was a crusty spot. And he said to me one night, in love, the Holy Spirit must have just created this moment that I would receive it. And he said, you know, you use anger as a response to your fear to control things. He said, you have a fear of losing control and the way that you respond is in anger and you're mean and you're angry. And it's all because you're afraid to lose control. And so that was a real revelation for me to understand how our fears drive us to do crazy things. And I think we need to be able to understand God can deliver us from those fears if we think about Him rightly and recognize, like you were saying, the character of God. What is the nature of God? What does God's Word tell us about who He is? He is not a God to be that we're supposed to be afraid of, like terrorized by. But I think for some of us, we have a vision and a picture of God in our head that we're terrified of Him. Yeah, definitely. And and it could be kind of what we talked about back maybe in the first episode, that someone has misrepresented him to you that you were afraid of or that yes. instilled fear in you to try to get you to do things you want them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, or so someone who maybe controlled you in the name of God. Yes. And so that can also give us an incorrect picture of, of who God is. And so just remembering that as you try to seek him and seek desiring to surrender to him. And um, so I think that's important to, re- to remember, too, is that someone could have actually made you fear God in the wrong way. Yes. That is such a good point because their representation of God or what they said about God and mm-hmm. that's not what God has said about himself. And it, we've seen it. We've seen um, that happen t- in times in the past, and it's not healthy, and it's not true about who God is. So if you're questioning who God is, the best way to get in to find out who he is is by reading his word, because yep. that's the clearest picture that we have of who God is. Yeah, and if you don't know where to start with that, I mean, that's what we're hoping to do through some of these episodes is kind of showing you like the words and how to look them up, especially if something doesn't make sense to you or make sense to you. Or sometimes like I'll be reading and a word will pop out at me for some reason. And maybe that's because I love the words and mm-hmm. I'll go and look it up and it's just kind of mean something special to me for whatever reason um, in that that timing. But I just think getting in the Word. And if you want more resources of um, how to start reading the Bible or where you should start reading the Bible, feel free to reach out to us, email us, um, any anything like that, because I do think that's the most important thing is just to get in, getting in the Word. If you were going to, if someone asked you, what should I read in the Bible first, what do you think you would say? I would probably send them to the Gospels, um, Mm -hmm. and I would probably send them to um, maybe Matthew or Luke's Gospels. I know a lot of people say start in John's Gospel, Mm -hmm. and I do think John's Gospel is a beautifully artistic picture of who Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. is. 
um, I'm a little less creative and a more structured person. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'd rather go to Matthew. Matthew was a detail-oriented writer who wrote personal accounts about Jesus Christ. And so I would start in Matthew, but someone who may be more artistic and inclined in an artistic way, start in the Gospel of John. But I would definitely suggest um, starting in the Gospels Mm -hmm. to get a clear picture of who Jesus Christ was when he walked on earth and the mission that he came. Because not only do we see stories in the gospel of the heart of God through Jesus's relationship, but we also hear the voice of God when Jesus says that I have come to do the will of my Father, not my will, but the will of the Father. And he, Jesus was all about the kingdom of God and telling us about the kingdom of God and pointing to the kingdom of God. And, and being able to just see that that reveals a lot about who God is. Yes. Absolutely. So I think that's beautiful. And I think kind of going along those lines as we're wrapping up today, what Suzanne said is so true. Get into God's Word. And if you need resources, check out our show notes. We've included those in several of our episodes. Reach out to us uh, because that's the way it starts. And, you know, you may be listening to us and thinking, oh, my goodness, they have so much knowledge. But it's not. It's just because we started reading and spent time doing it. I mean, it's like I look at my son and I think, how does he have so much knowledge about football? You got And your son, too. <laughs> it is insane to listen to them talk about the players, all the different players. They and- know hundreds hundreds of players and stats. And I'm like, how do you know that? Because they're 14 and they have nothing better to do than spend their time looking up the stats of all these players. And so... And and honestly, they're probably a little bit in awe of the abilities of these athletes, right? I mean, we're talking about the top athletes and they're just in awe of the passes they can throw and the ones they can catch. And so, I mean, it kind of lines up with that. They are interested in it because they're a little bit in all of their abilities. Absolutely. And so we can just study God's word to find out who he is and to find out and discover his heart. So, that- I, And I would say too, what's really important, especially if you're starting out to do this by yourself, is to try to find community. Absolutely. Um, that's what really, really helped me um, and spurred me on to continue because you, it might become mundane or you might get, you know, a little stuck in a rut with reading the scripture and being connected in community is really important. So, oh, yeah. you know, find some people to read with, do a study with, something like that. And again, we've said it every time, but ask a girlfriend to listen to the podcast with yeah. you and then do the savor moments and talk about them together. That's and if you do that, yeah, we like would that. love to hear that. So please, we'd love your feedback on that. Um, but that leads us into our savor moment for today. So... We're going to ask you over the next, you know, week or maybe in this moment when this podcast ends, just stop what you're doing and ask yourself, how can you fear God? What are some of those actions that you take that show that you have an awe and a reverence and a heart of worship towards God? So begin listing those things out and make those daily practices. And then another question is, what is your biggest fear right now? So what's that thing, whether it's a silly fear like the fear of balloons or whether it's a fear of losing control, what is that thing that you're most afraid of right now? Because I think writing it out takes away some of the scariness behind it. Don't you think so? Yeah. And actually a book that we both just listened to recently, I loved an idea of the book. I don't know if you're going to, you'll remember it if you know what I'm going to say, Um, we recommend you read this book, but not right now today. We'll put that in the show notes. But this 
book is called Winning the War on Your Mind. Yes. And he actually talked about a shoebox in there. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if you need to, I loved how he said to, the things that we give over to God. I don't remember if that's exactly what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. I think it was more geared towards your thoughts, but the same concept. Put a box out that you label God, God your God yeah. box, and write that fear down and surrender it to him by actually putting it in the box. And every time you start to have thoughts about that fear, it takes over you, take it out of the box because it kind of symbolizes you taking back control from God, yeah. usually over something you don't really have control over. So I love that analogy, and maybe you can incorporate that as part of your saver moment. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. And then um, one of the last questions that we're going to ask you in the saver moment is, what step can you take in this moment to move forward? We're all about being in motion and on mission for God. And so what is the thing today in this moment that God's asking you to do? And I think that's going to be different for every single one of us. But I think breaking it down to What's the next step? Because a lot of times we feel overwhelmed by our fears and we feel hopeless and we feel full of despair. And if we would just say, but today, what's one action in this moment I can take? And maybe it's simply saying, I surrender. Or maybe it's putting on a worship song and listening. Maybe it's raising your hand and saying, I declare you are a good God, even though I don't see it right now. Um, So I'm not sure what that step will be for you, but ask God through the power of his Holy Spirit to reveal that to you because he has a heart to want to show you and want to reveal to you who he is um, and what you can do in response to that. So... That's our savor moment. We can't wait to hear from you guys and um, look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Bye, y'all. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Savor. For information on SOAR Women's Ministry, visit CrosstownChurch.com or download our app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like and subscribe.